0: Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Imagine with me for a moment. For some of you, this will be easy to imagine, some of you maybe a little more difficult, but imagine you've got multiple children. You as parents are in the kitchen cleaning up after dinner and the kids are off playing. And you hear it begin, a little bit of back and forth bickering over some issue. And at first you try to just wait it out and see if they're going to sort this thing out on their own. But after a little while, the noise level increases, and you start to hear the other voices of the other children getting involved and then you hear a few thumps, whacks, tears, shouts and you realize as parent things are escalating and it's time to step in now as parent you could come into the situation with the with the aggressive approach and you could come in saying everybody stop your yelling and then you catch yourself yelling to get them to stop yelling and you ponder, I'm not modeling very well on how to stop yelling when I'm yelling, but that's beside the point. Or the other option is you could come in with a more gentle approach and come down to their level and very gently but seriously and firmly say to them, enough, stop, stop, stop. Stop pulling your sister's hair. Stop biting your brother's toes. Just just stop. You as parent have the authority to make the war cease. You can take the weapons of warfare and break the crayons that they're using to stab one another with. You could take the Play-Doh the remote controls, the pillows, whatever a child could use as a weapon against its siblings, and you could make it stop. You have the authority as parent to teach reconciliation and to bring and establish peace in your home once again. I imagine on a cosmic scale it must be something like this for our God, I think about all of the conflicts that exist on this earth at this very moment. The ones between siblings, the warfare between nations, between people groups, between political parties, between fans of sports teams who... The church year dictates that I have to wear blue on a day where my Minnesota Vikings have to play the Lions, but that's all right. We're getting along. It's going to be good, especially at the end of the day. You Think about all the conflict that exists in your homes, between spouses, maybe on your drive to church here today, or even walking up the sidewalk on the way to church. The conflicts that go on in your mind as you're tempted, as your mind is tortured by the fears and the worries and the stresses and the anxieties of this life. This world is one big conflict zone. And we're often so busy warring that we don't even see that peace is possible. We need someone to step in and call time out on the whole thing. And that's what the last section of Psalm 46 is all about. Psalm 46 verses 8 through 11 is God stepping in to the conflicts of this world and saying enough is enough. We've been looking at Psalm 46 during our Advent season, and today we're looking at verses 8 through 11 in particular. And let's just take a look at the scripture here today. Psalm 46 verse 8 says this, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. This is a call to the people of God to wake up and notice the past activity of God. Psalm 46 was written to people during warfare, during during times when enemy nations were attacking them. And they're wondering do we have any hope? The psalmist is saying to them yes, you do. Look to your past. Don't you remember that when enemies were raised up against the people of God and were warring and enslaving you, how God wiped them out? Don't you remember the Egyptians? They have no more power over you. He brought them to a desolation. Open up your eyes. Remember the works of the Lord. He makes the wars cease to the ends of the earth He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. He is the parental authority who steps into the conflicts of the world and says, I'm taking the weapons. I'm taking the crayons. I'm taking the pillows. I'm taking the Play-Doh. I'm taking whatever you're using to cause a war in the sibling rivalry, and we're bringing it to an end. God does it with His almighty authority. He has the capacity to end warfare. And He does do it. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still, therefore, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. We're finally here at this key verse that this sermon series title was based off of. Be still. Perhaps you've seen these words before. Be still and know that I am God. A lot of Christian artists like these words and they they paint them on, on an idyllic, natural scenery calling you to find Rest and relaxation and, and just nice peace. Now, those things are not bad. They're good. But those are the result of something much more serious taking place in Psalm 46. I told you that this is military. Language, military context. God's people are under attack by enemy nations. Up until now in Psalm 46, we've heard lots of descriptions about God. The whole thing so far has described God's character and His capacity. But it's not until now that we actually hear the voice of God speak. These are the first and the only words in Psalm 46 where God speaks. And what does he speak? Be still. Be still. The Hebrew word here that gets translated as be still can can really mean stop. Just stand here, (laughs) let go put it down. Enough is enough. All those things a parent would say to his or her children who are fighting, God says, be still. God is directing these words at the warring nations who are coming and afflicting the people of God. He's saying, enough. Be still. Leave them alone. But these words are not only to the warring nations. These words, be still, are to the whole earth. Remember at the beginning of the psalm in verses 2 and 3, there was all this chaos in the natural world, waters roaring and foaming, mountains being thrown into the heart of the sea. These words, be still, are also being spoken to the world, saying, everybody just stop. Everything stop stop, enough chaos, be still. We looked at these words from Mark chapter 4 last week and the week before where Jesus calmed a storm. He was on the Sea of Galilee with his disciples, their boat was being filled with water, there was a big storm. Jesus was awoken out of a deep sleep and what did he speak to the storm? Do you remember what words he said? Be still. That's what he spoke to the storm. And the storm stopped. Jesus proved in his life and in his ministry that he's got authority over all things. In the natural world and in the supernatural world, all authority is in Jesus Christ alone. In Matthew chapter 11, we read today, John the Baptist, who was a relative of Jesus, preparing the way for Jesus. J- John had been imprisoned, and he sent some of his followers to Jesus, asking if Jesus was the one to come. And Jesus reported back, and he said, go tell John what you've seen and what you've heard. The blind received their sight. The lame walk." The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. Jesus is proving in all of that that he's the one who has ultimate authority and power over all things. Jesus has authority over all of the storms of life because our God has authority over all the storms of life. God has been ceasing warfare and storms in this world since the very beginning, and any time that God speaks, be still, the world has to obey. Now, why does God do this? Why does God bring this stillness? Why does he command Thing and all people just to stop well the answer is in 46 verse 10 it says be still and know that i am god just stop with all this mess so you can know who i am I don't know if you've ever noticed this in your reading of the Bible, but these words, these words, know that I am God, appear all of the time in the Bible, in particular in the Old Testament. Often when God is active, he says, I am acting right now so that people will know that I am God. In my morning devotional life right now, I've been reading through the book of Ezekiel. Uh, Some of you may have read this. Ezekiel is a a long book of prophetic language in the Old Testament. It's not not really an easy read. Um, In my own morning habit of of reading the Scriptures, a practice that I force myself uh, to do each morning is to engage with the text Even if I don't know what I'm reading, I've told myself, just underline something in the Bible, circle something, write something in the margin, and so that I'm always engaging with the text. Even if I don't understand fully what's going on, I I always write something. And just recently I was when I was reading through Ezekiel, I, I noticed after a couple of days that this phrase, that they would know that I am the Lord was showing up almost every day that I was reading. So I went back and I, and, I, and I looked through Ezekiel this last week and I counted in the book of Ezekiel alone, and it's not the only place this phrase exists, it's all throughout the Bible, but in Ezekiel is 72 times that God says, I'm acting so that people will know that I am the Lord. He says it to his own people, to the nation of Israel. At this point, in the book of Ezekiel, they're, they're in exile in Babylon. They're being judged and disciplined for their faithlessness. And God says, I'm doing this to you so that you will know that I'm the Lord. So you'll turn from your wicked ways and turn back to me. In the book of Ezekiel, he says it about foreign nations. He says all these people who are afflicting you and enslaving you, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to end it. Not only so that you will know that I'm the Lord, but so that they will know that I'm the Lord. Even in the book of Ezekiel, it says that the creation will know that I'm the Lord. In in Ezekiel chapter 17, verse 24, it says, all the trees of the field shall know that I'm the Lord. (laughs) God acts in this creation so that we all will know that he is the Lord God. He is an active God. Our God does not sit back. Our God is active. He always has been. And our God wants all people to come to a knowledge of the truth of who he is and who we are. God just wants everybody to know that he's our creator. He's our sustainer. He's ever-present. He's the one who gives us life. He forgives us. He saves us. He gives us eternal life. He gives us peace. God does this. God made himself very, very clear about his purpose when he sent his son Jesus into the world. Jesus took all of the conflict of the world head on. And all of the conflict of the world, all the hatred of the world, all the warfare of the nations, all the threats of the devil, they all converged on one night in one moment on the cross. There on the cross as Jesus' arms were spread wide, all the hatred... All the conflict, all the warfare, all the stress, all the fear, all the sin came. And he hung his head and he breathed his last. Be still and know that I am your God. Be still. Stop. Know the lengths of love that your God has gone to for you. Stop. Don't you see it's, it's right in front of you? All of the time, not just here in church, but every day, every moment. It's right there. Jesus right with you. But too often you're caught up in all of your squabbling to, to even notice that peace is possible. You're too, you're too busy fighting with your family. You're too busy speaking ill of your neighbors. You're, you're too busy, caught up in the news frenzy and, and worried about all the warfare that's always been around in the world. You're too caught up and frenzied in your mind you're too too anxious, you're too worried, you're too stressed, you're too afraid in your own head to notice that peace is possible. So God speaks to you today again. Stop. Enough. Be still and know that I am your God. Friends, don't you remember the beginning of this psalm? God is your refuge. He's your strength. He's your always-present help in trouble. You don't need to be afraid when the the mountains are thrown into the sea. You don't need to be afraid when the waters roar and foam. There's a river of life that's making glad the city of god the the holy habitation of the most high god is in the midst of you you will not be moved do you not know this peace is possible God has brought it to you. He will turn the crazy chaos of the world into a calm. He'll break the weapons of the warriors. He'll make the nations fall. Just be still. Be still. Be still does not mean do nothing. Be still does not mean just Kick back and relax. Be still does not mean just go sit by the beach and and go on vacation. Again, those things are not bad, but they're the result of what God is actually commanding us to do. God is commanding us to stop the fighting, to stop warring against one another, to to stop the conflict, to to stop this incessant fight fight of life to, to try to make it on our own. God is just saying, enough. Let me be the source of your life. Let me be the source of your hope. Let me be the source of your peace. And one day, my friends, peace will be all that we know. One day, all of the conflict will end. This is what Advent is all about. We journey through this season of Advent longing for a better day. Advent is all about just this eager longing for things to get better. That's what these candles represent on the Advent wreath. Each one a symbol of something that Jesus brings into this world. Hope and peace and the pink one for joy and love. Hope and peace and joy and love. We long for these things, we desire them. Jesus has brought them into this world, and at his second advent, they will come perfectly and finally and fully. But until that day, God's command to us is the same as it, as it was to those who received it in Psalm 46:10. Be still stop the fighting stop the warring just stand for a minute and just be still and know that i'm your god and you're precious in the sight of god amen amen if you're able i invite you